Welcome to the Do Business Better podcast, the place for ideas you can implement to achieve prosperity. You'll get insights from successful business people on how they do business better. You'll glean tactics on creating a life and business by choice because we interview real business people who've done just that. Now here's your host, Damian Mason. Greetings. Thanks for being here on the Do Business Better podcast. It's me, Damian Mason. Got a great show for you today. Three marketing mistakes that businesses make. And I have a guest that knows exactly what mistakes businesses make because she has been advising businesses for the last 13 years on how to market their businesses. Her name is Angie Carroll. You might know about Angie if you've read my book, Do Business Better, because Angie and I have been working together since 2007 her company is IBA Design and Marketing in Roanoke, Indiana. She has five employees. So she is a business owner herself, and her business is helping brands be, uh, be present, be out there. Uh, Angie is going to tell you the three marketing mistakes that you might be making and that she sees every day in her business. Her name is Angie Carroll. Welcome to the Do Business Better podcast. Thank you. All right. So... What you and I talk about when we're not recording is my business, and I obviously feel very good about the, uh, the the work you've done for me, helping build my business. You've laid out my books, you handle my website, you uh, you do video and you do audio, and you do a lot of things for these companies. Tell us about your customers. Who are your clients? Well, we have a variety of customers. Um, we have small businesses large businesses. Um, we have a lot of startups that come in the door that, that are starting from scratch that don't even have sometimes a company name. Um, we have a lot of companies that come to us when they're in a phase of rebranding or passing the ownership from one generation to the next. And so the older generation has been set in their ways and then the newer generation is trying to be more innovative uh, in all types of industries from medical to... <laughs> entertainment to high tech, uh, just a, a very eclectic group of clients. Yeah. And the thing is, uh, I, I point out in my book, Do Business Better, which I'm holding in my hot little hands right now, Do Business Better. There's a difference between advertising, marketing, and selling. And I mean, people could disagree with me. If you were a Madison Avenue advertising executive, you might have a different take on this. But I say marketing is telling the world what, what you are, who you are, what you do. Uh, you know, we're weird General Motors, whatever. And then advertising is reaching out to a more specific group within the world and saying, here's what we can do for you. And then selling is going to those people on a personal level and asking them for their business. Here's who we are. Here's what we do. Here's what we can do for you. And we would like your business now. That's the difference between marketing, advertising, and selling. Did I miss that? Am I right on that? No, I, I agree with you. I think the marketing encompasses much the bigger picture and you ask yourself, not just what am I advertising, but why, what is my company's story? And then you define, make, make uh, definitions of those types of things. And then you narrow down who am I, who's my target audience? And then what do they respond to? And that defines your advertising, your avenues social media or web or, you know, and then 
yeah, sales is sales. And <laughs> we don't claim to do sales. Or No, you don't claim to do sales. You are on the branding and marketing side. So <laughs> if I'm a business, and it doesn't matter new or not new, this is especially uh, probably for newer businesses, these marketing mistakes. But you and I both can agree, you see marketing mistakes all the time from companies that have been around five years, 10 years, 20 years, whatever. Give me rule number one, or shall we say mistake number one that you see businesses make when it comes to their marketing effort? When um, a company, well, it's always surprising when a company um, comes to us for marketing efforts when they're desperately trying to catch up and has not been doing marketing for the times that they're really busy. And right now the economy is, well, at least for our clients, everyone seems to be doing well, they're growing, they're hiring employees, things are good, mm -hmm. but our most successful clients are still doing the same amount of marketing or making the same effort right now to be prepared for when the economy changes, when their product changes, when their customers change, so that they aren't trying to catch up later. So I think the biggest mistake or one of the bigger mistakes that companies make is not to have a consistent effort of marketing when times are good or times are bad. Okay, I love this because I have an article that I've just written that you in fact are gonna be uh, uh, using uh, and it's about, one of the topics is that very thing. I've been in this for 25, and I'm almost to start my 26th year. And I can tell you that I've always looked at marketing and outreach as one of the most important things that my business does. Uh, and there's people that are really backward about this. I'm, I call them backward-ass marketing-minded people because they say, well, business must not be good if you got to go around advertising. I'm like, are you stupid? Uh, <laughs> well, you must, you must really be desperate if you got to be, uh, you know, doing all, spend all that money on marketing. I'm like, Coca-Cola spends 11% of their revenue on brand building and customer reach outreach every year. Excellent. And I always say this, Angie, ask anybody, are you more well-known than Coke? The answer, of course, is no. Nobody is more well-known than Coke, yet they spend 11% of their annual revenue back in brand building. That's the best answer I can give you right there. There's this, this misconception that marketing is to acquire new clients, constantly new clients, new clients, new clients. But if you're if you're acquiring better and better clients or better and better customers that are more and more profitable, you're, you're still, your marketing times are good, but then you're weeding out the, the lower end clients or customers and getting better and better clients. So it's not like you're always advertising to generate more sales, but you're advertising to generate better sales or get more loyal customers that buy more profitable products. So it's, it's a constant, it should be a constant effort. Actually, uh, in a communications advertising class I took way back at Purdue University uh, when I was a student there, they talked about a certain amount of your outreach dollars are spent just to make sure your existing clientele still feel good about doing business with you. Mm -hmm. uh, in other words, I'm going to still be a fan of Ford F-150s, let's say. Uh, but when I see a Ford F-150 truck commercial, it makes me feel good that I bought one and it's going to make me want to buy another one. There's a certain amount of uh, that. You talk about the mistake they make is they only invest when business is bad. And so, yeah, it's this idea that, well, things are so good. Why would I bother spending money on my marketing effort? You just told me a couple reasons why. Any other thing that we can talk about in that regard? 
No, no, I've just, I've just seen it over and over and over. I mean, the, the, our most successful clients, if you gauge their success over the course of time, are every single week or month asking themselves or asking us what should they be doing for marketing. I mean, so it's, I don't, I mean, it's just, for me, I've just seen it over 14 years. It's not something that I even had to be taught. Like experience has taught me that if you want to be a successful business, you have to invest in marketing constantly. Yeah, it's a consistency of effort. I look at my own business and what I need to do is always be present. I need to make sure that there's always folks that realize here's what I'm doing and here's what I'm putting out. And there's folks who would say, well, Damien, writing an article isn't really marketing. You, of course, understand that it is because if I write an article and I put it out there, it is a form of marketing because it's saying, hey world, here's my take on this subject and here's how you can benefit from my take on this subject. Mm-hmm. Um, people, I think, get it wrong when they think marketing is all just putting ads in the yellow pages or whatever. Marketing mm-hmm. is really looks a, a lot different than it did 20 years ago. Expand on that for me. I, I think, well... It does look different because there are thousands of avenues now that you can market on. And it's not just placing an ad in a newspaper. I mean, everything is interconnected. And when you post a blog article, every keyword is searched by Google. And that then connects with your Google rankings and um, your Google ads, how they're working for you. And then your social media the posts that you make on social media, those words are connected to your Google ads, are connected to your website, and everything just works together. I feel like today, even versus 15, 14 years ago, there are a ton of little things that you need to be doing versus one or two big things. Mm -hmm. And that's why, and it gets very, very complicated. Many people think that they can just do it by themselves, but it's very, very tricky and very complicated today to do the same marketing. Since you and I both agree on the subject, the, the number one mistake is that the businesses new or established make is only investing when business is slow. I always say it's like fits and starts. It reminds me of people who are going to get in shape for uh, their New Year's resolution. So they go like crazy for three and a half days, whatever, a week and a half, right? And then by January 12th, uh, they're done. And then spring break rolls around and they're going to be on the beach with their family and they don't want to look like a fat slob. So they go on a crash diet and go to the gym for five days and they do that in mid-March, late April, whatever, mid-March, you know, April. And then then they don't do it again until, uh, so it's like fits and starts three times a year. You decide you're going to become fit. Uh, and then, and then you start and then you don't, that's what these people say. I'm going to only invest now because I'm slow. And then, Oh, business is good. I don't need to be spending that money on marketing. So the lack of consistency means who's going to be better off long-term, the person that exercises regularly with consistency versus just doing it for spring break. Same thing on marketing. And people say, I'm, I'm so busy. I'm just so busy. I can't, I can't do marketing right now. I just can't even think about it. I'm just so busy. But they're, they're busy sometimes doing business with the wrong customers or they, they haven't, it's not smart work necessarily. And when you inject a little bit of marketing into the process, then you can, you can be less busy and still get the same amount of sales. But people are, for us, the customer, the clients are, I'm just so busy. I'm just so busy. I don't even know. I don't have time to do that because we're, we have so many sales, but then the marketing lets that, that 
um, motor run, that engine run in the background to free up your time to do more smart work while the motor, the, the engine is running in the background, you're generating sales because of the marketing and you're not so busy on the, on the front side. Yeah, you know, it's, it's kind of like, like a friend of mine that was on this podcast uh, runs a law firm and he said, you know, it's my objective to get rid of the bottom 10% of our clientele every year. Now, it may not be the exact client because maybe you won't, but he meant the category, the bottom 10% that are uh, slow pay or cases they don't want, um, difficult to deal with, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you market yourself, you can, when people say, I'm so busy, why would I bother advertising? I can't take care of the customers I have now. Well, what if you continue to build your brand and you could raise your, raise your prices, uh, do something with your business? Get, that's the, get the clients that you want to work with that are easy and that don't take extra time out of your day just to take this phone call that wouldn't, shouldn't have happened. Or, and you can really refine and define who you want to be your customer, the best customers, and you can get rid of the bottom 10% every single year. And we do. It's but difficult. You do. And, and I'm still one of your clients, so apparently I'm not in the bottom 10%. Not, uh, not. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> not yet. <laughs> Number two mistake that businesses make. You told me you've got three. What's the number two mistake that businesses make? They come in your door and they... The, the customers come in our door and they ask, uh, they ask us, how much will this cost? Instead of saying, I have $10,000, what can I achieve with that money? Mm -hmm. And it's, I bet, the first time someone is even exploring the idea of doing marketing for their company, that's generally when that happens. But we have had very, very large companies unable to define a marketing budget, which is pretty unbelievable. So I think that people, when they buy something, they, they just want to know how much it costs. Mm -hmm. they, they need to think about it from the opposite angle is how much are we willing to invest? I trust this company to do the best job with my dollar. Mm -hmm. I trust them. They'll do a good job. And I just want to, I just want to know how much, what I can get for this amount of money. You know, it's natural. It's natural, Angie, that you want to know what something's going to cost. I know if I went to, uh, you know, uh, any any store, I say, okay, how much for this? But I agree with you that in the back of my head, even if I might ask somebody, what's this going to cost? I know what I'm able as a business to invest in it. Right. I always apportion. Okay. Uh, that's more than I have. <laughs> uh, that's more than I can justify. But here's where I am. And then I imagine it's about a trust issue. They don't trust that the marketing firm like you is going to have their interest and in, in, in know what they can do with that money. Right. Because if we took $10,000 and did nothing with it for any, you know, for our customers, they would, they would not, we would not do that because we wouldn't have a business. I mean, the right. business would not exist if that was our, our profit plan. So, but also I think especially startup companies don't under, they underestimate the cost of marketing. Mm -hmm. They feel that they can get their branding and their web present and their social, social media and everything done 
for a small amount of money. And it's just a big investment. Well, what, what, I mean, in the old days it was, well, I've got business cards. I'm like, okay, you've got business cards. Uh, that doesn't mean you have a business and, uh, okay. I've got business cards and I've got a, a, a webpage. Okay. You've got business cards. You got a webpage. Again, that doesn't mean you have a business. Um, marketing, first off, you got to have a business. You have to have a product or a good or a service to sell. But the main thing of course is you've got to also have the revenue. Revenue comes by outreach uh, to get new clients and you get clients through marketing. So I see that as obviously it's as important to when you say they don't have a budget and we talk about investing in it. I look at it as importantly as office space. I mean, it's, it's just that it's that important to me to what my business needs to spend money on. Mm -hmm. I think that especially startups, they secure a loan with the bank usually because they have this business plan they take to the bank and they, you know, they ask how much is the marketing going to cost and you give them a number. But then once that is exhausted, they have no plan for the maintenance of that as well. And there's other, for budgeting, the, just setting up Google advertising, just setting up the five accounts that have to be set up with Google is going to cost a few thousand dollars and that does absolutely no return for you. Immediately. So it does no immediate return. Right. It takes time to have the ads running before you're starting to get your return on investment. So the biggest change with return on investment today versus even 10 years ago when I was doing this is it could be formerly calculated. We would send out postcards with a website address on it and then we would calculate the traffic that went to the website based on the time that we sent out the postcard. It was a very easy to calculate the return, but with things like Google and Google advertising and social media, it's very difficult. So calculating the return on investment is over the course of six months or even a year. And so defining a budget, knowing how much to invest on something that you're not going to see calculations of return on for six months is hard for people. Yeah. And, and also it's, it's about having vision and, you know, mm -hmm. marketing requires vision because you're saying, what am I in this for the long haul? And most people, again, fits and starts and they also don't budget because they say, well, I got to get a return on this, you know, tomorrow. Well, it's not going to happen tomorrow. It's consistency of effort. And it's also realizing that I'm budgeting the money today for the return. It's kind of like long-term investing. And you'll get, you'll start getting a return earlier than six months. But as far as calculating an actual ROI, that doesn't happen accurately for a while. So you really have to just trust someone. I mean, we are, we are okay with looking at someone's revenue and saying, this is how much you should be spending on marketing as long as they are willing to make a commitment of a year of doing what we ask them, you know, or tell them to do. We're okay with like helping people find out their budget. Um, but most people come in the door and just say, how much is that going to cost? Yep. All right. Number three. Uh, all right. I, I'm a marketing. Uh, these are the marketing mistakes that businesses make. So I'm a business person and I'm, I'm getting it. Okay. Only invest when business is slow. That's a mistake. So you're saying consistency of effort. Don't have a budget. You're saying absolutely a portion of a certain amount together. I told you Coca-Cola spends 11% of their revenue. Uh, and so they probably budget that every year and say, we're going to spend 4 billion or whatever the number is. That's 11%. On that, on that topic too, I think that people do maybe sometimes make the calculation of what's the 8 to 10% or what's the 
12%. And then they see that number and they get, they're afraid. I can't afford that. I can't afford that. But it's possible to do effective marketing with a smaller percent of your revenue as long as your goal is to get within this 8 to 10% range. But I, you don't have to start out of the gate like Coca-Cola or Nike or like you don't have to start. You just have to start with a decent percentage. Yep. Three or 4% of your revenue could be perfectly fine to build your business, get more income, but you have to take that money knowing that a larger percentage and a larger percentage should be used towards marketing. But you yeah. can start without a huge budget too. Right. You just, the main thing is kind of like investing. Again, when I started with my uh, 401k or when I started investing money when I was 23 years old, I started with $500, which, yeah. you know, you, you can say, oh, well, that's still a lot. Well, you know, anybody that's working that has a job should be able to come up with $500. And then and then the next year you say, I'm going to put in $1,000, whatever. Okay. There's another mistake, Angie, that mistakes that businesses make when it comes to their marketing. And you and I both have seen this. They do what? They the, I think it's especially with the social media, the rise of all of these platforms that you can get for free. Um, so many people come to us after having hired a, a nephew or a cousin or a sister to do some of the marketing for them. And I think it's a big problem when you hire someone to do your marketing that is not vested in the success of your company because it may be fun for them at first mm -hmm. the person that you hire oh this is exciting i want to post on instagram every day because i like my aunt's business but it does not last and it just it, it goes away their their excitement goes away quickly and then they don't know what to post they don't know who the audience is on instagram and so they might be posting something that they think is cool, but it has absolutely no effect on the audience of Instagram buying the ants product. You so, see, what I think is just brilliant right there is that, okay, yeah, so I've got this business, let's say, and I've got you know my, my eight employees and we're doing fine. And in fact, I'm so damn busy. I just know I'm supposed to be on social media. Uh, but you know what? My nephew's a whiz at that. My little, my little, my daughter is a whiz at that. Well, your daughter might be a whiz, uh, but probably is not going to be like a professional branding and advertising and marketing person or an agency such as yours as saying, yeah, well, the demographics that for your company are this, and the demographics over here on Snapchat are that. Uh, and also, like you said, consistency of effort. Tell me the last time a 17-year-old uh, you know, niece of yours uh, actually was consistently doing the work that you need done for your business. And it doesn't happen. You're right. No, it happens on their own time, and it slowly becomes less and less of a priority. They think it's really important to note that with social media in general, that you have to have a marketing hat on when you're making the plan for posting on these platforms because there's a very, very defined specific audience for each platform, and there is stats and stats on what types of posts get reactions, what times of day they're posted, what they say, the words you use in the post. There's a ton of information and you have to have years of um, doing this 
before you can actually, they may get a lot of likes. They may post something on Facebook that gets a lot of likes, but your goal is to generate sales or um, get inquiries or it's not to just get a lot of likes. 50 likes aren't nearly as important as one person going to your website and submitting a contact. And you know, it's interesting that you're, you keep using the social media example. I've seen this and you have certainly over our years of experience. Uh, well, my, my cousin's a real whiz at building websites. Like, well, is that their business? Well, no, he, he, um, he's, he works for the phone company, but on the side, like, look at this, he put together this, like, okay, are all the search, is it, is it, is got everything that makes it searchable? Does it, is it, uh, also got a great interface that works on your phone as well as, you know, a handheld device? Well, I don't know, but he's a real whiz at this. I'm like, no, he's a goddamn telephone lineman, uh, who piddles around on his computer at night. He is not a professional website company, design company. Yeah. So we see it not just with social media, which you use the example, these folks that say, I'm going to, I'm going to have this business. Here's what I'm going to do for marketing. I'm going to have my, my, my cousin, uh, who's a whiz at this stuff. It's and not I, just social media. It's also a website or even design. And you see that also. We run into a problem where someone has someone else doing some work for them, but it doesn't complement the work that we're doing. So say this person is spending a thousand dollars to advertise on Google every month, but then they have their niece who does websites in the back, so they're just going to have their niece throw together the website. But these efforts that are for Google are are not going to be nearly as effective unless the website talks to Google correctly. And so every and you know this because you have many projects going on at any given time. Everything has to seamlessly work together. And yeah, so it's the, intention, it's the intentionality uh, mm-hmm. of effort that you're talking about and congruence. It's bringing it all together. Like the left hand knows what the right hand is doing. And yeah, when the mistake is, well, I've got a cousin that's a real whiz at this. And then my daughter is really, uh, she, she's on her phone all the time. So she's brilliant at Snapchat. Well, is she, a, is she a marketing genius? Does she know how to build your brand? You have a snowplow company. Is she, is she, is she in touch with who your clientele is? No, not so much the amount of money that you save by not hiring it's the amount of money that you lose based on not having it done right in the beginning when everything else was working. But there's a, there's another, there's another flip side to this. I had a client in the office last week desperately asking for advice on how to tell X person that she didn't want her doing the work for her anymore because she's a long time family friend Mm -hmm. and it was going to cause a lot of friction in the family and a lot she was worried about losing a a friendship with her and i just thought to myself you know that is a good enough reason why because you don't know for sure that they will do a great job for you chances are they won't but there will come a time with this family friend or college student that you will have to tell them I'm going to go somewhere else. I need to use someone else. And that's a hard conversation to have if it's someone that you're close to. Yeah. So it's, I mean, it, it's just not something that I, I think it's a mistake. I think it's a big mistake that people make. Yeah, obviously did. It's one of your top three mistakes. Her name's Angie Carroll. She's the proprietor of IBA marketing and design, design and marketing. You can look her up. How do they find you if they have a question? Well, you can find us on Facebook. Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, or LinkedIn. And we have a website, www.iba, B as in boy, dash, design, singular.com.
Her name is Angie Carroll. She just gave you the three marketing mistakes businesses make. This is not unique to new businesses. We see this with established businesses. We see this all the time. Number one mistake, they only invest when business is slow, thinking, oh, things are slow. i got to spend money on marketing. No, you should do it all the time with consistency. Number two mistake, they don't have a budget. Uh, when they don't have a budget, then they're obviously not being serious about what they plan to invest for a long-term strategy. Number three mistake, I'll let you take this one. Number three mistake that, they, that these businesses make when it comes to marketing, Angie? Don't hire a family friend. <laughs> that's right. Hire a professional and instead of someone that's your kid that is a brilliant whiz at Snapchat because that's not really probably what your branding effort needs to be. It needs to have consistency and it needs to also have congruency between all of your efforts, right? Yes. Fantastic. Thanks for being here. Yep. Till next time. Tonight. What's that? I said thank you for having me. <laughs> oh, you know what? Always. It's a great pleasure. All right. Till next time, this is the Do Business Better podcast. If you enjoyed this episode of Do Business Better, please share it. And be sure to connect with Damien on LinkedIn, like his Facebook fan page, and follow him on Instagram and Twitter. For speaking inquiries or to purchase Damien's books, Food Fear and Do Business Better, go to DamienMason.com. Know someone who'd make a great guest? Send us a message. We're always looking for compelling stories and business lessons our listeners can benefit from. Thank you. Thank you.